You are listening to Creating Phenomenal for Your Life, episode number 16, How to Feel. This is Creating Phenomenal for Your Life. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and weight loss coach, and a family medicine doctor. This podcast is about mindset. What contributes to a life that thrives versus one that is stuck? We'll talk about many things, some related to coaching, some related to health, and some related to your questions, thoughts, and prompts. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to celebrate where we're at and give form to where we're going in our perfectly imperfect journey to a phenomenal life. And give high fives along the way. Thanks for being here. Welcome back. It's early October. I gotta tell you about last night's football game. It was a tough one. The team is now four and two. And boy, it was a good game. Like really a close game, thriller type. Touchdown for the other team in the last 21 seconds. Ugh. So they scored and our team lost. But what a thriller. Probably the best game that we've seen in three years of high school football. And it fits nicely as a backdrop for our topic today. Thinking about this as far as watching the football team walk off the field and their heads were down. So most people would say it feels bad to lose. And I haven't met many people that want to feel or experience emotions that are considered low or negative or unfortunate. On the flip side, most everyone wants to experience something positive and we want more and more of it. Positive emotions, positive feelings. And we spend lots of time and money trying to chase it. I think I shared in the last podcast that this is what I most need to learn and relearn. And today it's on the subject of how to feel. So it's not intrinsic, at least I don't think it is, to overthinkers. Because check this out. We overthink because we don't like how we feel. And we don't like how we feel because we overthink. And think that maybe there's another way to look at it. It's a bit humorous these tornadoes that go on inside of our brain and they loop around, they keep us in, they gather more energy. And overthinkers are feelers, but our minds just don't stop there. We don't allow it to be because we don't like how we feel. And then comes in the judgment. So statements like, or thoughts like, I hate feeling this way. I shouldn't feel this way. I should be happy. I shouldn't have done that. So here's the simplified model thinking, feeling, overthinking, feeling bad, judging our thinking and overthinking and feeling bad because we're feeling bad. (laughs) So apparently it's complicated the way our minds like to process things. I say our because if you're a listener, then we've got some things in common, at least the ability to relate to each other or to the patterns of thinking or the traps of thinking (laughs) or the hardwiring. So you can get a sense of where I'm coming from and imagine how it fits into your world or the people that are in your world. So I met someone recently that had their first relationship breakup. Can you remember back to this? Like your first breakup? Like the real first breakup? That relationship where you were defined at least in part by the relationship? Where you said, it's not me, it's we? Maybe it was the first time that you said, oh, I like you so much. Or the first time you said, I love you. Or maybe you said, I can't imagine anything different than being with you. So go back to that place, that time in your life. He had no idea what to do. He felt down, had never experienced anything like that, 
had nothing to draw from and felt alone and didn't want to. The quiet and the stillness was deafening, like he just wanted to run away. And when he talked about it with others, they would tell him what to do. Oh, just get over it. Move on. You'll be fine. Get over her. But no one to role model how to feel without fighting. How to feel and not run away. How to accept that this is part of life. And how to do this without casting blame on anyone else. Because here's what we do. Instead of feeling, we just blame. He wasn't good enough for you. You're better off. She doesn't know how to love. He was taking you for granted. So think back to your first real relationship and how it ended. Does any of this sound similar? As you filed it away in your mind, was there blame? Did people tell you what to do? What to think? When you should move on? Who you should move on to? Did anyone show you how to just feel? Let's turn to the dictionary for a moment. So feel. Be aware through a physical sensation. An emotion. Conscious mental reaction, such as anger or fear, subjectively experienced as strong feeling, usually directed toward a specific object, and typically accompanied by physiological and behavioral changes in the body. Wow, that's pretty dense. (laughs) We'll just simplify it and say sensation in the body. Maybe it's a vibration or a heaviness or a tingling or something else, but directly related to our thoughts. We feel because of what we think. So let's look at advertising. The best ads, they grab our attention. They present something we can relate to. Maybe it's a struggle or something we want or a dream. And there's a hero in the story. Sometimes it's us. It's at least a relatable character. And the ad takes us through the story and it works to shift our thinking, maybe to soften it or to expand it or to bring out some compassion so that we feel differently that we're more loving, more abundant, more open, that whatever it is advertising, that can be ours. That can help us be a hero or more heroic. Or maybe we just feel like we're heard, even without saying a word. We feel differently not because of the ad, but because of the experience the ad created in our minds. So the ad didn't change us. It didn't make us feel anything. The ad provided the food for thought, and our thoughts are what changed how we feel. So I'll give you some examples. I have two dogs. I love them so much. They do not make me feel good. It's my thoughts about how loving and awesome they are. That's what creates the good feeling. My husband, he doesn't make me feel good. That's not his job. It's my thoughts about him about his words or his gestures or his compliments, that's what makes me feel good. He's not in charge of how I feel. I am. When I allow his compliments to penetrate my skull, (laughs) that's what makes me feel good. It's about a 20% success rate. (laughs) But thankfully, I'm still learning, and he's very patient. My son, let's go to the flip side. My son doesn't make me feel bad. He can't. It's my thoughts about him or about me as a parent. That's what results in feeling bad. So no person can control my thinking or have the responsibility for my feelings. And I use these examples to illustrate that it isn't a situation that makes me feel a certain way. 
It's my thoughts about it that do. And it's beautiful and it's a curse at the same time. It's beauty because we have all the power. It's a curse because it requires us to take responsibility, right? One statement that comes up, like if I'm talking with somebody, this can be the response. So you're saying that when people feel bad, it's their fault? So know this, I would never say that. That is not part of who I am or how I am wired. And in this example, nope, not even close. When people feel bad, it's a product of thinking. When people feel good, it's a product of thinking. It's the same both directions. There's no blame or shame, ever. There's encouragement, because you can do something about this. Like 100% of the time, you get to choose your thinking. You get to allow it to be there. You get to decide that it's no longer part of who you are. So the human experience is half great and half not so great, half positive, half negative. We try to fight it though, because we only want positive. We want to excuse ourselves from the negative or pretend there is no negative. We want to believe that it's our circumstances that dictate everything. If I win the lottery, if I get accepted, when I have a regular paycheck, that's what's going to make the difference. But ultimately, it's not. And it's important to see the power of our thinking and the power of the choices that we have to respond in any way we like to a circumstance. Any. The circumstance never defines us. Last week, we were at the Department of Motor Vehicles waiting to get the paperwork for a license. And it was a two-hour wait. They were incredibly busy. And you know what we felt? Gratitude. They were helping us. They took something that was incredibly complicated and set us up to be successful. So that circumstance, we could have felt any way we wanted. Could have been mad or angry, two-hour wait, that's ridiculous. Whatever it is we wanted to think. But we got to choose. And the choice was gratitude. So circumstances never define us. Okay, so let's get back to feelings. Feelings are vibrations in our body. They're sensations in response to our thinking. I have to pause and speak from a medical perspective for a moment. There are involuntary sensations in our body. Here's an example. I once had a patient come to see me about feeling anxious. And in the history, they described multiple times a day or night that their heart would just start beating fast. They would feel short of breath. Their mind was racing. They didn't know what was happening. They'd get lightheaded. It lasted a few minutes. Nothing brought it on. Nothing made it go away. And they really had no medical problems and just assumed that this was anxiety because when they Googled it, that's what came up. So maybe a panic attack. They didn't feel overly anxious. Only the times that these spells would occur. And it was variable. So on exam, abnormal heart rate. It would go really fast and then go back to normal and go really fast and back to normal. And on the EKG, so that's the stickies that measure the electricity of the heart, they had an abnormal heart rhythm. So in this example, the sensation in the body was caused by the heart, not by the mind. These were involuntary sensations, and it's important to distinguish it. So how do you know the difference? Sometimes you don't, and that's when you go see your doctor. Like seriously, this patient was having palpitations from a fast and abnormal heart rhythm. And for those in the medical field, it was atrial tachycardia. It was not anxiety. So if you don't know, see your doctor. Okay, back to feeling. 
specifically how to feel. Try this. First, start by describing it. Where do you feel it in your body? Like what's going on? Is it your chest, your head, your stomach? And then what does it feel like? Be as specific as you can, like you were describing a feeling to somebody else who had no idea. Is it tightness, fogginess, punched in the gut? Just be a reporter. Without fear, without judgment, notice what's going on. And then second, how does this feeling make you want to react? Write it down, whatever it is. Just write it down. Third, why are you feeling this? Like what's going on in your mind? Fourth, give the feeling a name. This is nervous or exhausted, or heartbroken, determined, exuberant. Feel it for however long you do. It's just a sensation. It's going to pass. They always do. Just feel it. I had a difficult experience as a doctor. I've had several. (laughs) Here's one. This is what I felt. My chest was heavy. My heart would race at times. I couldn't eat. My head was clouded, like I just wanted to lay down, but laying down didn't, it didn't change anything. It didn't satisfy anything. And then I wanted to get up and clean house and organize things and stay busy because there were a lot of thoughts that were going on and I really just needed to write them down and kind of process that. And the name for that feeling, that was grief. Try that simple outline for you. Start by describing it. How does this feeling make you want to react? Why are you feeling this? What's going on in your mind? Consider writing it down. Get those thoughts out on paper. Then give the feeling a name and feel it for however long you do. Why does this matter? Because we want to change how we feel or avoid feeling anything that is perceived as negative. And we want that not only for ourselves, but we want that for everyone else too. I felt sad last night as the football players walked off the field. And I felt sad because I was thinking, they must be incredibly disappointed. They must be sad, and I didn't want that for them. That was the source of my sadness. It matters because there's freedom in never having to react. It also matters because we want to get rid of the thinking that's behind how we feel. We want to change it right away or cover it up or hide from it rather than see how it's affecting us. And we avoid taking steps in our lives out of fear of how we're going to feel. I didn't apply for the job because I don't want to be disappointed. Have you heard that before? Like applied to anything? We didn't take the initiative because we don't want to feel a certain way. That's why it matters. If we can feel anything and know that it's just a harmless sensation in our body, we can step into the unknown at any time. It also matters because... We want to change our circumstances, believing that that's going to change how we feel. When I'm, when I do, when I buy that house, when I drive that car. But those things don't change how we feel. And truthfully, before we have those things or before we are those things, it's our thoughts of how we're going to feel when we do have them or are them. And that's what we want. Whatever we believe We're going to feel that's what we want. So if I feel like I'm on top of the world because I'm driving a Jaguar F-Type, that's the feeling I want. Does that mean the Jaguar F-Type is going to bring it? I don't know. But what I really want is that feeling of being on top of the world.
So check this out. You can feel any way you want without the degree or the car or the house or the title. Like seriously, you can because it's all in your mindset. It's all in your thinking. Here's what's helpful to know. Feelings never have to be acted on. They can just be felt. They're vibrations or sensations in the body, and they cannot harm you. Okay, the doctor part of me wants to reiterate that if you don't know if this is a signal from your body or from your mind, (laughs) see your doctor. So if the worst thing that you can experience is an emotion, how might you act differently in your life? What conversations may you have that you would have previously avoided? Where can you stop holding yourself back? And what step, what tiny micro baby step can you take today towards that dream that you always wanted to do if you don't have to worry that it's not going to work out? So if anything's possible, what do you want? Most people aren't doing this. And I say it with utmost respect, most people don't have phenomenal lives. They have Photoshop lives. What's a phenomenal life look like? It's the ability to experience what takes our breath away in the highest of highs. And on the flip side, being hit by a bus emotionally in the lowest of lows. And know that it's all going to be okay. It's knowing that we are the source of our emotion or our feelings. And we're capable of experiencing any of it. Whether or not we want to. Because the part of whether or not we want to is irrelevant. We are capable of it. So building on last week's podcast, which was acceptance, remember that part of acceptance requires us to feel. And this podcast is to provide insight or tools for you to be able to do just that. And that's the difference between a good life and a phenomenal one. So I'm totally cheering for you. I'm sending so much love and I'll see you next time. Are you getting enough sleep or is your mind disrupting the process? I'm so pleased to offer the Better Sleep for High Achievers and Overthinkers course. It's exactly what you need to tame your mind and fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. It's complimentary and packed full of information that you can use right away. Email me, dina at georgemdcoaching.com and I'll send you the link.